The following program is a presentation of Lakeshore Communications Inc. and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Lakeshore Communications Inc., its sponsors or donors. Three, three, two, one, zero, zero, zero. From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up for the Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Leap Day, Thursday, February 29, 2024. I'm Crash, and Scott Shera, guest host, is in studio. Thanks, Crash. You know, I was here on Tuesday. I had a short sleeve shirt on, no coat, 63 degrees, and today we wake up at 7 degrees. Hard to grasp. What's a coat? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm the only one who doesn't have an accent. <laughs> Very good. You, normally when you do your uh, your Grace's Dad podcast, e-programming, is that live? Do you ever do that stream live or is that pre-recorded? We've tried it live a couple times, but because it's through the Internet, it seems that uh, it doesn't work out so well. Yeah, recording. So then so. We're, we, we have gone to strictly recording now. Well, now you're live, and we got another fresh new podcast today. So we'll start off with some scripture. Yes. So I'm starting out with Joshua 1.3 because of my guest and what we're going to talk about in the second half of the show. And Joshua 1.3 says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Let's open up in prayer for today. Heavenly Father, thank you for waking us up today, and thank you for the seasons. Uh, thank you that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And thank you that there is truth. There is truth, and it's in your word. In the beginning was the word, and the uh, word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we're so grateful for the resources that you bring to stand up for the truth. Ask for favor with the audience that may be tuning in for the first time and hearing some things they never heard before. Bless for uh, uh, blessings on also uh, our guest today and his family and his ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Crash. Well, most of you know me as Grace's dad. You can follow Grace's story at OurAmazingGrace.net, and that's where we have everything documented relative to the research, Grace's murder, and some really cool stories and pictures and videos of Grace. You know, the Q90 motto is truth at any cost, and most of you would be surprised to know that they let me just go here. They don't script anything that I'm saying, and it's kind of a shock because uh, now that I'm a conspiracy theorist, they they still let me go. And There's I, often beatings after the broadcast, <laughs> though. <laughs> yeah, we're, I thought we are not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not scripted either. <laughs> well, the the guy that we have today, through God's providence, I was introduced to 11 months ago, and uh, he um, will really emphasize truth at any cost. And our guest today is Coach Dave. He has been on Q90 many times before. I had him on my podcast in the last 11 months. He's I was on his podcast, and where I met him was at the Wisconsin Christian News event in Wausau, last April, and we're going to talk about that at the end because he's going to be back in Wausau in April for those of you who want to meet him in person. So those of you who don't know Coach Dave, he became a national figure because he was doing something you can't do, which is praying on a football field. He's a 
former Ohio football coach, and he was taken to to court in 1999. So we're going to get started by Dave telling that story so people can get a flavor of who this man is. So Dave, welcome. Man, thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, I think uh, I think I'm a conspiracy theorist by nature. Uh, I heard a wise man say, "Conspiracy analyst." And uh, uh, part of what uh, what I'm all about, Scott. One of the reasons I was drawn to you is I just believe there's so many things that we uh, that we believe that just is not true. In fact, I write a commentary every uh, every week at newsreviews.com, and I was just uh, beginning it here this morning after I did my own morning show. It sounds like I'm plugging a lot of things. Hang on with me. I'm, I'm going somewhere. And uh, during my morning show today, uh, I was. I was prompted by what Jimmy Buffett said in one of his songs, and it was that famous line, it's my own fault. Yeah. And it really is, isn't it, Scott? And where we are right now and everything that's going on around us, the reality of it is so much of it is our own fault. And that, that's, why I'm, uh, that's why you're such a hero to me, because you realize that. And you realize if I, if, if I don't get in there and if I don't fight for grace, who's going to? And so you probably, even to this day, carry a little bit of grief because you trusted and believed in people that you shouldn't have trusted in and shouldn't have believed in. Isn't it funny that here we are together on Leap Day, February 29th? Hey, Scott, where did February 29th come from? Just all of a sudden, every four years, they stick in an extra day on us, right? And we, where did all that stuff? So, again, conspiracy analyst by nature, and it's amazing how much stuff I believed uh, 10 years ago that I don't believe anymore. Wow, I believe that... the Word of God. Yes. <laughs> I believe that. Uh, people say, well, that Bible says that I believe and that settles it. But that's not always true because people, when they follow the Bible out to, to its extreme ends, a lot of people don't really want to do it, Scott. So that's the battle that we're in, as uh, Superman would say, truth, justice, and the American way. Can you tell the story about the lawsuit from 1999? Yeah, real quickly, 1997. First of all, I got uh, had a radical born-again born experience in uh, 1988. And it, I jokingly tell people that it did for me what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. I was in church my whole life, Scott, and I didn't know Jesus. And uh, through a series of events in 1988, uh, June, tw January 28, 1988, my wife's birthday, that's how I happened to know. I received Christ as my personal Savior and transformed my entire life. I went from being a uh, cussing, beer-drinking, fun-loving guy. I still love fun, but it radically transformed me. And uh, through a series of events, I ended up in a at a new coaching job. Not because I received Christ, but really it was because I received Christ. I said, "Lord, I got to get out of here because my old my old, old job. I had to get out of it because everywhere I went was the old me. I couldn't get away from the old me." And so the new job in London, Ohio, which is just west of Columbus, it was a was a new start for me. And we had great, great uh, success there. Really, really good. And. Uh, in 1997, through a series of events, really having to do with the fact of who, whose kid got to play and who didn't get to play and who who made all league and who didn't make all league. You make a lot of enemies as a coach. And I made a lot of enemies with parents. And then, you know, you make the parents mad. You make the aunts and the uncles mad. You make the neighbors mad. And so being a, a, a public uh, coach like that's a really pretty difficult thing. So in 1997, through a series of events, uh, we had a down season. We, we went... Uh, uh, two and eight, which is really unusual for us because we've been really good. And during that two and eight, after that two and eight season, Scott, they came after me hard. Uh, 
and they uh, they couldn't fire me because I was a lousy coach or a lousy guy. So they went after the fact that that I prayed with our football team. They called in the American Civil Liberties Union, and we went through a two-year battle for my God-given right to be able to pray. Remember, this is 1997, 98, 99. And in 1999, my last uh, year in London, the the ACLU, after two years, offered us an out-of-court settlement, which meant our school district paid them $18,000 in legal fees. And they said, Coach, you didn't do anything wrong. Continue to do it. And they'd scared everybody in our community about prayer before school, uh, you know, in school, public prayer and all that. And uh, we went undefeated my last year, 1999, and I walked off, walked away and started a ministry called Pass the Salt. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 says, you're the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its savor, it's good for nothing. Henceforth, good for nothing, except to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. So I left teaching and coaching. Left my, I didn't retire. I didn't have any retirement. I walked away, started Pass the Salt Ministries which became Coach Dave Live, and here I am on the radio with you today, trying to encourage people to stand up and speak up, because, Scott, in the end, it's our own damn fault, isn't it? That's uh, that's very well said. Thanks for that intro. Got one more. So, you know, when you and I scheduled this, I told you, you got to tell the story about checking on one of your employees, because, you know, I... I couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing when I heard that story, and I think it's fantastic. So I want you to tell that story yet, Dave. Go ahead. Well, believe it or not, I'm a, I'm a wild and crazy. I love the Lord with all my heart. I love truth, brother. You can't love the Lord and not love truth. And through a series of events, this goes back when Hillary Clinton was uh, running for president of the United States. Uh, uh, my goodness, she was running, and if you all remember, she'd done those. those that crazy stuff over in Benghazi, and she'd, she'd, uh, uh, she had uh, destroyed records and all that stuff. So I got, I just got a burr up my rear and told my wife that I'm going to go to Hillary's house. I live in Ohio. I was going to go to 15 Old House Lane, Chappaqua, New York, so I did. And jumped in my car and drove over there. You should never do something like that alone, but I did. I went, 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 went alone and pulled in 15 Old House Lane, you know, into the cul-de-sac and uh, circled up just like you've just called a sack you've seen a lot of a lot of towns and there was bill and hillary's house and of course there were a couple black limos sitting there and some security and as soon as i pulled in uh boy i was surrounded by cops you can probably imagine and i jumped out and they said yeah, so you got an id and you can see how that goes and i give them my id and it says, i said uh, my name is dave dobbin i'm from columbus ohio they said well, what are you doing here and i said uh well i came to check on one of my employees <laughs> and the cop just looked at me and said, uh, sir, that's not funny. The former president of the United States lives here. And I said, I know, sir. And his wife's a felon. Why would you arrest her? And Scott, I'm telling you, I don't know where that came from because it's a pretty bold thing to say. But the entire conversation changed because you know why? They knew that I was right and they hadn't been doing an investigation on her of, of all that stuff. So, uh, I've done a lot of crazy things like that. We went to Obama's house. We went to Bill Barr's, <laughs> Bill Barr's house. I believe in taking the gospel of truth wherever. I believe we need to speak truth to power, as you are doing. Uh, and if we continue to remain silent because we're afraid, we are least like Jesus when we're cowardly, Scott. And, uh, again, that's why I admire you and the fight that you're fighting, and because uh, it's hard. It's not easy. People tell you, leave it alone. Don't do that. Oh, what does that matter, Coach? Why would you? And, brother, it's about that. Uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh would have told us a, a, a relentless pursuit of the truth. 
Yeah, I've heard. Why don't you get back to work? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're, that's you're, right. Li- you're listening to Santa for the Truth. I'm Scott Shera, and my guest today is Coach Dave Dabenmeyer. And what we're going to do next, we're going to have Crash play a quick clip because now everybody's used to your personality, Dave. So we're going to go back in time one week ago. I, I listened to one of your um, live broadcasts, and I found a neat clip that is a good introduction for today. So it's called, I'm calling it Lawyers versus Doctors. Go ahead, Crash, clip one. You know, one of the benefits of getting older is, uh, somebody told me this, and it's really true. The older you get, the less you really care about what people think, right? I mean, uh, I, that is really, really true. I'm 71 years old. I feel like I'm still feel like I'm 50, but I'm 71. But I am more and more outspoken in the face of tyranny than I've, than I've ever been. And uh, I want to kind of explain that yesterday. You know, we went under a, under a, a deposition yesterday for when our friend Alicia Healy, two years ago, four, three years ago now, almost four years ago, was arrested outside Planned Parenthood. So I was in deposition yesterday and had had the opportunity once again to go face to face with attorneys, lawyers, and uh, uh, God bless attorneys. God bless them. We need them. God bless Roger Weaver. Roger, I don't know if it's possible to be a Christian attorney. To be honest with you, looking at this system, God God bless uh, Eileen, a Christian attorney. We need them. So this is not what well, some of the things I'm going to say here are not. Look, you're working within a system, right? It's like I was just telling, uh, speaking to Dr. Paul Goslin before we went on the air. Uh, I had to go to I had to go to the doctor yesterday for my yearly prostate exam, and I realized that the guy that who's good, just about to violate my hind end, I don't know anything about this guy. I know nothing. I don't I don't know if he has a wife. I don't know if he has children. I I don't know anything about him. And yet I walk in there and completely trust him. Trust him. He didn't know anything about me other than what's on that chart, right? And I thought uh, he was a really—he is a really nice guy. And he, you know, I had a little bit of a conversation with him yesterday. But it's funny because I went from—Are you ready? This is this would be a good this would be a good line. I went from a proctology exam by a lawyer in the deposition to a real proctology exam by a doctor. I thought, boy, what a day this is. <laughs> so obviously, you're explaining the the blinding flash of the obvious, but it wasn't so obvious that the church would be in on this and you have become extremely outspoken relative to the church's role in this mess that we're in and i'd i'd like you to expand on on that thought dave and then we can go back and forth for a bit yeah well we're the salt of the earth right we're supposed to be the salt of the earth and uh, unfortunately especially through the whole covid thing that that we went through the church scott the church has been complicit in, in lies we're seeing now four years removed from it I just did on my show the other day uh, estimates by experts now, uh, 15, at least 15 million people have died from the, from the shot. 15 million, Scott. Now, that's, that's not just adverse reactions. That's people who are actually dead. And what does that mean? Well, it means we trusted people that we, we didn't even know. I don't know Anthony Fauci. Do you know him? I don't know him. I don't know Mitch McConnell. I don't, I don't know these people, but yet somehow they pass themselves off as experts. And those of us who stand up and just ask a simple question, which is, uh, pardon me, uh, who are you and how do I know you're telling me the truth? It's like the church doesn't even want to do that. The church shut down. The church, some of the churches, Scott, began to open their churches to give vaccines to people, right? And so 
we are in we're in an unbelievable mess in America when we no longer know where to go to speak the truth. And uh, sadly, I hate to say this, a lot of churches are complicit and everything that's been going on around us and the blood, the blood of innocent victims are on the hands of many of our pastors and many of our churches who blindly followed non-believing federal officials. Is Anthony Fauci a Christian? You would believe him just because he works for the government? And that's been one of our greatest, greatest uh, uh, deceptions in this whole thing, uh, Scott, is I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Well, boy, that baby's being exposed, isn't it? And think about all the people, all the experts, Scott, that, that you trusted for Gracie's sake. Think of that. And that it was your job. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to paint a picture here. You know it was your job to protect her. That's right. Well, I'm, it's my job to protect not only my 10 grandchildren, it's my job to protect my neighbor's grandchildren. It's my job to protect the people in town I don't even know, protect their children as well. And that's where I think the church has dropped the ball. They used to, the church used to be a purveyor of truth. And for the most part, it isn't anymore, Scott. Some of them are, still some good churches out there. But those churches that shut down and told people to take the jab, Scott, I don't even know what, I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah, just to add to the shutting down, I, I did quite a bit of research on that topic and found many, 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 especially the larger churches, but even some of the smaller ones received grants to shut down, you know, in the millions, millions of dollars. Millions of dollars, Scott. I had that, I'm sorry, I did that on my show the other day. If people want to know, email, email me at ptsalt.com. Go, go to Coach Dave Live and email me. I'll send you the list of churches that took millions of dollars in government handouts, Scott. How can how could they do that and then speak against the vaccines? What's your perspective of the false teaching around Romans 13? Did I lose you, Dave? Yeah, Pete, we lost him. We lost him? All right. Yeah, my internet totally went down there for a second. I'm back now. It's interesting how this stuff can happen. I've had that happen with with me also, Dave. What is your perspective of how the church has watered down both Romans 13 and 14? Oh, well, I mean, it's, it's, so easy. it's so easy. Look, folks, we've got to ask ourselves a couple questions. Number one, are we supposed to obey ungodly government? That's Romans 13. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, as you're uh, speaking, as I'm speaking, Scott, I'm trying to scroll to Romans 13 so uh, people don't think I'm making it up here, okay? So Romans 13 says, Hang on, I got it right here, I promise it. Bear with me, folks. Here's what it says. It says, let every soul be subject to the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whoso therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Here's the key verse, Scott. For rulers are not a terror to good works, to evil. Will you then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good and you shall have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to you for good. So Scott, listen. Is Caesar is the American government a minister of God to me for good? Are we to obey unrighteous government? Let every soul be subject to the higher power. The higher power, the highest power is God. So when my beliefs or when the actions of the government come in conflict with the ordinances of Almighty God, do I obey God 
or do I obey man? This is so simple and so clear to me. If somebody walks up to me, if my minister, if my pastor walks up to me and says, Coach Dave, uh, take a gun and shoot Scott for me, will you? Well, I'm not going to obey that, even though he may be the authority over me. And by the way, if the local sheriff or Joe Biden tells me to shoot you, I'm not going to do that because there's an authority higher than Joe Biden. So unfortunately, Scott, it's been my experience that this has been totally misrepresented because why? Are you ready? It gets the cowardly pastors off of the hook. They don't have to stand up and push back and say that's wrong. That's why we can be sitting in a country today where I heard for 30 years that we couldn't do anything about abortion because, well, the government had already ruled, the courts have ruled, and then what happens? The Supreme Court changes its mind and says, wow, there is no right to an abortion, and the church has remained silent. The church is still isn't standing up and fighting against it, Scott. So I think the problem is not by the Bible. I think the problem is cowardice. Boy, extremely well said. What about Romans 14? Well, what is Romans? Let me Romans, four, Romans 14 is, you know, I call it the unity chapter, that we just, we all got to get along. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, my Bible teaches me this in another part. See, that's, this is one of the things, if we don't understand Christianity and, and not in context, when you take it out of context, you get yourself in trouble, right? Correct. It tells in, uh, uh, I'm not sure, Ephesians, Thessalonians, have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Isn't that what Scott Shire is doing? Isn't that what you're doing, Scott? Aren't you exposing the unfruitful works of darkness? See, folks, this is an addendum to Romans 13. It's not an exception to Romans 13, because why? Your job is to appeal to the higher powers. Oh, governments, you're out of line? Well, I'm going to appeal to heaven. In fact, during the American Revolution, how did they get around that? Well, they came up with the appeal to heaven flag, didn't they? And the appeal to the heaven flag was what? It was, a, it was a public statement that there's a power higher than the government, and we're going to appeal to the higher power. Romans 13 tells us there's no power greater than him. And our obedience and fealty is first and foremost to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, rather than the President of the United States. Dave, have you heard of any of the FEMA training of pastors? Oh, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Well, I have not uh, personally heard of it. I know it's going on, but of course, you hear a lot of stuff that's going on. But you know, the FEMA training goes back, Scott. It goes back um, maybe ten years when they had. They had so do you remember this? Anybody out there remember Muslims? Man, anybody remember Muslims coming over every hill to blow us up? <laughs> anybody? Yeah, radical Muslims behind every corner, right? And they ushered in what they called the Patriot Act, and now they ushered in the Patriot Act, and now they can fire on your telephone, they can look into your bank account, they can, remember, do you guys remember all that? Well, we got to remember that our government no longer serves Almighty God, but they serve the Prince of Darkness. I hate to tell you folks, that's what, that's what it is. Our government is not a righteous government anymore. And so now we see that the, the, the lying Luciferians in power and, and government, they're using every devious uh, act that they can to uh, invade in the privacy of American citizens. I've got several friends in the gulag in January 6th for simply showing up in, in, in uh, Washington, D.C. 
and petitioning, peacefully assembling to petition the government for a redress of grievances. And I can rattle off about five, maybe six, maybe seven names of friends of mine who are dead and buried because they believed Anthony Fauci and the NIH and the National, all those guys, right? So uh, when, I, I serve the Lord, brother. I, I serve the Lord. I don't serve those, those other beast systems. You know, the Patriot Act, how the Patriot Act came about is from September 11th. And, you know, September 11th, we're not going to go into that being a PSYOP right now, but regardless of what you believe regarding September 11th, what we did, and this is where why you started the beginning of the show, Dave, saying it is our own fault. Why? Because they pulled off the Patriot Act because of First Thessalonians 5, Verse or chapter five, verse three. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. We always go for security and comfort, peace and safety. That is our go-to versus trusting God. And so we fall for things like the Patriot Act, and we keep doing it over and over. And all of a sudden, we're at a place today where we don't have a government that is. Uh, anything at all that we can trust because we let it happen. Dave, we have uh, about two minutes before break. I'd like you to comment about uh, First Thessalonians. <laughs> easy for me to say. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3, our desire for peace and safety. Let me, let me, uh, let, um, I'm trying to whip it open to that right now. Let me, let me share this with you folks. Uh, and I'm scrolling through there, although I don't need that. I just want to make sure I'm not... Um, let, let no man deceive you. That's what we're looking for. Uh, for this cause, because they rejected the truth, the scripture says, I'm trying to find it, Scott, as I'm talking here. Yes. The Lord himself would send a strong delusion that they would believe a lie. And that, that's what I think is going on. I think America, I think the church is under judgment. Yep, that's, uh, that's people, in Second Thessalonians. We, we, have, we, we have clear thinking people, uh, Scott. I'm I have a master's degree in education, not bragging. I know people who have more degrees than me who actually believe Bruce Jenner is a woman. Oh, my God. Now, if, you, if, if that's not a delusion, brother, I don't know what it is, right? And not only do those guys believe it, but they're teaching it to our children in school without even a hiccup from the pulpit that's going on. Why? Because it's strong delusion. It's judgment of God on America. A strong delusion because we rejected the truth. He says, okay, you guys don't want to believe it. Well, here, how about this? How about believing a boy can be a girl? Huh? How about that one? Hey, how about taking a shot? This will make you healthy. How about doing that? Huh? Setitforthetruth.com is where the podcasts are. We still get emails going, how can I hear the podcast? I didn't hear it all. Standupforthetruth.com is the blog site, and the latest podcast is on there, and we also have video versions. Coach Dave is a guest today. Guest host, Scott Share back in two minutes. The following program is a presentation of Lakeshore Communications, Inc. and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Lakeshore Communications, Inc., its sponsors or donors. What we're going to do with this second half, we've got two things. We're going to talk about reclaiming lost ground, and then we're going to close with the event that Dave is going to be talking at live coming up in Wausau in, in April. And I'm calling this Reclaiming Lost Ground. Uh, Coach Dave sent me this clip, and Crash, you can go ahead and start the second half with the clip, please. Mighty men and women of God, 
Are you tired of the unrighteousness and injustices going on everywhere? Are you ready to use your authority and fight? The Bible says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Pulling down strongholds and every high thing is exactly what this small group in Oklahoma is doing at all 77 county courthouses. Oklahoman Randy Lunsford of Nawada is leading the charge. God's boots on the ground mission at each courthouse, anointing stones to cry out, prophetic prayer, declaring and decreeing 17 prophetic decrees, spiritual warfare, Jericho march, and sounding the shofar. If you understand your authority and how God's law governs his creation, please help and get in the game. You too can do something like this in your county. Local actions produce national impacts. Joshua 1.3, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. So Dave, tell us about what you're doing relative to staking. Uh, thanks, thanks, God. I can't, I can't uh, take credit for the idea of staking because it came from a, a guy much wiser than me. Um, it says in Joshua, as you just said, every place you put your foot, I've given it to you as an inheritance. Only be strong and very courageous. Be not afraid. Be not dismayed. For the Lord that God is with you wherever you go. I do a morning podcast. I've done it today. Was uh, next tomorrow will be on my twenty first, twenty first, twenty one hundred consecutive. Uh, Weekday shows. It's pretty amazing. Been doing it a while. And during the process, Scott, we've been trying to raise up, I've been trying to train up and raise up people to take local action. We've got to get our eyes off of the White House and Congress because most of the difference we can make is local. You can make a difference at your school board, your library board, and all that kind of stuff. And so to a, uh, uh, one of our, one of our good guys out of Oklahoma, a guy named Randy Lums for just an old concrete, runs his own concrete business. Randy uh, has really picked this up and run with it, where we go, again, every place you put your feet, we've given, he's given to us as an inheritance. Uh, we take it seriously. So we encourage people to get four stones, or sometimes we'll get a plastic uh, knife that you buy at the dollar store and write a scripture on it, and go prayer walk your local governmental building. You have a courthouse, you have a city hall, we prayer walk it seven times, we make some declarations, and then we stick in the ground a plastic knife or we lay a cornerstone down there. Because the Lord said that uh, every place we put our foot is given to us as an inheritance. Well, back in February, uh, November 20th, I think it was, although I could be wrong, Scott, um, we staked all 12 federal courts in America at the same time. In other words, we raised up little teams in 12 different cities across America San Diego, California, down in, uh, I think it was Houston, Texas, Washington, D.C., Cincinnati, Ohio. Simultaneously, we prayer walked and staked the 12 federal courts in America because we believe that the courts have been stolen, that they're no longer under the influence of God or godly people. Someone has come along and they have usurped that power. Well, what did God tell us to do? And Well, first of all, why do you say we wrestle not against flesh and blood? the principalities and powers, evil spirits in high places. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, mighty, through God to the pulling down the strongholds. So we see strongholds all across America. And what have we done under the guidance of Randy? Well, we've gone and we've prayer walked and staked those strongholds. 
entrances to city. Everybody lives in a town. Well, there's four, probably four corners of your town. Have you have you gone to the city uh, uh, city limits and staked that and prayed over it and claimed that that uh, that property for Christ? We've gone to the Supreme Court of the United States and staked it. We staked the White House. We staked the Washington's Monument. Folks, this is something that you can do right where you. Let me ask you this: Have you staked your own house? Have you prayer walked your own house and put stakes in the ground so this land belongs to the Lord? Because why? As above, so beneath. That's what the, that's what the Luciferians said. Have you staked your Have you staked your local church? Have you staked your local school board? Have you prayer walked your school board and re, uh, uh, your high school and reclaimed that for the cause of Christ? Have you prayer walked and staked your elementary schools? Do you know high? No. Well, the Bible's very very clear that if we'll do that. We take his authority. All power and authority has been given unto us. Go ye into all the world, teach them to observe all I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So we believe that there is a spiritual connection. Let me let me take a breath here, Scott, because this is important, too. Many of you out there have heard of the Georgia Guidestones, and the fact that the Georgia Guidestones came tumbling down out of nothing, right? But you know what people don't know? Why we prayer walked and staked the Georgia Guidestones about 30 days before those things came tumbling down. Now, you can say, oh, Coach, that's uh, just a coincidence. Well, it could be just a coincidence. Or did the Lord answer our prayer? Did the Lord bring those things down? So, Scott, we have lost We've lost belief in the supernatural. We don't believe it anymore. It's something we read up in a book. But I believe that uh, the supernatural is real. I think evil is real. I think the devil is real. I think, uh, I think the uh, demons are real. And I think we have a power and authority over all of them through the name of Jesus Christ. But we have to begin once again. God gave us the authority, and with the authority comes the power. But the power only shows up when we exercise authority. So we're doing this all across America. We got people, you know, CoachDaveLive.com. That's our that's our show, and we meet every morning. And Scott, we got people doing this all across America. Wow, that's uh, that's just awesome, Dave. You're God, listening you, to stand up. Have you staked that? Have you staked that building where your where, where your where your case is being heard? Have we done that? Well, the Lord told us to do it. He says, "Go do it. Cast down imaginations and every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bring it in captivity to the obedience of Christ." Are those just words written in a book, or is it is it really a strategic battle plan for today? And we think God is a man of His word because the Bible said, "If His word is no good, His name's no good." So we. Let's Thanks. do what he tells us to do. Thanks okay. for that challenge, Dave. You're listening to Stand Up for the Truth. I'm Scott Shera, and my guest today is Coach Dave. Dave, regarding, you know, when I talk with you about scheduling this, it it did uh, uh, raise up inside of me the idea of staking the courthouse where we have Grace's lawsuit coming up in November. What's interesting is that, you know, I've been criticized relative to this lawsuit because we are participating in a legal system that is anti-Christ, and yet what you're showing is a pathway that shows that God is the authority even over the anti-Christ system, and you're giving some specific direction toward that end. You know, they can attempt to control us, but they cannot control our response, and you know, you you came to a conclusion to do this. I'm curious as to how did you, uh, so this gentleman in Oklahoma led you this way, but then how did you conclude to take action? 
Well, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's above every name. He's above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, the only reason that Lucifer's in charge is because he's usurped the power, and God's given us the power to take it back. And so what we see happening right now is here's a Christian man, Scott Shara, going into a Luciferian court expecting justice to come out of there. The Bible says the Lord loves justice and judgment. Scott, it was his idea. That was his idea, justice and judgment. And so when we begin to exercise and do this kind of stuff, we say, okay, Lord, we did what you told us to do. We prayer walked it. We cast down those imaginations. We claimed your name over it. Ball's in your court, Lord. Do what you're going to do. And so we cannot avoid the fact, Scott, that we're in Luciferian courts. You have no recourse. You have no place wherever you can go. But do you believe, as the Bible teaches us, that the the hand, uh, the mind of the king is, is is water in the hand of the Lord? He turns it wherever he will. Does Almighty God have the ability to move on the heart of judges and juries to bring a righteous decision? I say, yes, he does. But most of us don't believe that, Scott. So that's what all this is about. It's not voodoo. It's not anything like that. It's simply being obedient to what he told us to do. Scott, what's your uh, response to that, Scott, Shara, when, when somebody says that to you? Because I know you've been getting a lot of pushback about all that stuff. Yeah, I'm surprised at the amount of pushback. What I explain is that our goal isn't to win a case. Of course we want to win the case, but we're using, I know we're participating in the Antichrist system, and what our responsibility has become now that we have been given the truth relative to grace's murder is to shine god's light on the evil and this battle in court allows us to do that the first thing we had to do was separate what's the difference between vengeance and justice and i'd like dave's comment on that because you know that was the first challenge well you, Mm -hmm. you don't even you shouldn't even be going to court well, you know, I, that was somewhat of an easy thing to discern, but then once you get into the court, what's the goal? You know, and our goal, if you want to really boil it down, Crash, the goal, we, we not only sued Ascension Hospital System, but five doctors and two nurses. The reason we did that is because if you think about what happened during COVID, and it's been going on way before COVID, but we right. have the government built the gun, the hospital loaded the gun, and the individual doctors and nurses pulled the trigger. So we have a number of people who need to be held to account. But when you really drill down the goal, if those individual people who pulled the trigger came to repentance, we won. You know why we won? Because God wants them to come to repentance. And if they repent, each one of those individuals that are part of the lawsuit now has to turn away and become outspoken just like me and share the evil that is going on in this medical industrial complex. Uh, So anyway, I just wanted to make sure that uh, Stand Up For The Truth, uh, our listeners understand if they're just tuned in and they're hearing things out of context, everything is corrupt. Everything is corrupt. So, but uh, And this is not our home. We have another home, but we have to do... We have to do what God tells us to do. It's all about obedience. Didn't want so I want to make sure Coach Dave is in in and on this conversation as well. So Dave, talk about the difference between vengeance and justice, please. Okay, so let me. That this is this is just fantastic. This conversation is fantastic. 
when I was going through my battle with the American Civil Liberties Union, Scott, back in the 1997, uh, I was, in a lot of ways, I was a new, I was a big Christian. And I said, Lord, I don't, I don't get this. I'm, I'm trying to stand up for you and I'm trying to, I'm trying to fight for you. And this is so hard. Uh, my enemies, even my friends, they're not standing with me. Lord, what the heck's going on? And Scott, I'll never forget what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, Coach, there you go. You're always thinking about you. He said, goodness and mercy will follow you. Goodness and mercy, Coach Dave, is what is left as a result of you having come through. It's about justice and judgment. Because Scott's Shire is going to stand up, Good. Goodness and mercy is going to follow you, Scott. Goodness and mercy is behind you for those who are coming in that same path that you've walked down. The truth of the matter is there are millions of people who've been damaged, some killed from this uh, this whole COVID thing. And what, you're supposed to remain quiet? Are you not your brother's keeper, Scott? Are you not supposed to stand up and speak up so that goodness and mercy will follow you because you cut down all the brush and you cleared all the barbed wire and now others can come along behind you? This idea that we as Christians are supposed to always constantly turn the other cheek, man, oh man, when Jesus hung on the cross, wow, the thieves, two thieves, right? One of them uh, griped to Jesus a little, the other one said they... Uh, this day you'll be with me in paradise, Jesus said to him. Why? Because the only sin that cannot be forgiven is the one you've never asked forgiveness for. So we have to repent. We have to lay down our lives that others might live. Scott, you will never believe the goodness and mercy that's following you as a result of the fact that you laid down your life and took a stand. We've literally seen it, Dave. We've had two hearings so far, and at each hearing, the judge did not entertain any point of the motions to dismiss. We've had four motions to dismiss at two different hearings, and the entire case is proceeding to trial. First day of the trial is November 4th, 2024. Those of you who are following us, uh, we need your support in the court. We've got a three-week jury trial that starts, essentially it starts on November 6th, the day after the election. We have jury selection on November 4th, day off on the 5th, and then we start the trial on November 6th. You're, you're listening to Stand Up For The Truth. My guest today is Coach Dave. Uh, Dave, you're fantastic. I want to talk just a bit about the event coming up in Wausau. So you are going to be live in Wausau on April 12th and 13th. Uh, can you tell people about the event that Wisconsin Christian News is sponsoring? Oh, what a lineup. In fact, uh, <laughs> Rob Pugh, uh, the publisher, has Rob's a great friend of mine, a great friend of mine, and he's he does this ministry uh, expo. He's been doing it. I've been up there maybe five or six times. Time goes so fast. I I don't remember where it is. And he said well, he has folks. If you really want to be around some guys who are going to tell you the truth, I just happened to grab the, his paper, which I have right here in front of me. Sharam Hadian, Alex Newman, Lynn Frederick, Jim Schroeder, Doug Hagman, Mike Spog, folks unbelievable the event to be able to come here because here's why you are going to hear the truth now scott look here's a good thing for you brother i know this has been a long battle for you but look at the evidence 
that is coming out that is on your side, right? And here's what here's what always makes me laugh. I'm look thinking about this Wisconsin Christian News event coming up. They used to make fun of me, Scott. They used to poke fun of me. They called me a conspiracy theorist. Uh, now they're giving me platforms to speak on. Why? Because I've been speaking the truth the whole time. And by the way, other people are going to be set free because I did it. And remember this. If those people who told you to take a shot or whatever they did with with Grace, gave her invisible, whatever that was, those people committed murder just the same as the Nuremberg trials. And if we love our neighbor, we will want justice. Bible teaches that, Scott. And so it's up to us to stand up and to speak up. So I got off track again, as I often do. The Wisconsin Christian News, Rob uh, Rob Pugh, what a great guy he is, what a great minister. Alex Newman, Sharam, uh, it'll be, be wonderful. Love to see a lot of you there. Yeah, so I've had uh, Sharam on my podcast, and I've been on his. Uh, same with Alex. Uh, neat, very neat guys. Uh, I've been on with Jim Schneider a few times on VCY. And Mike Spaulding was one of the original ones who had our family. So Cindy, Jess, and I were all with him when we shared the story early on with Wisconsin Christian News. And you know, uh, Coach, you and Doug Hagman are going to be on my podcast coming up. I think it's on March 14th where we're going to have a a a recorded discussion, not live like today. So the hiccups will be edited (laughs) edited out. You know, this business, I want to just spend a few minutes. We have about six, seven minutes left. I want to spend a few minutes about this corrupt system. People don't really understand it at the level of detail that I think that they need to. What's happened because of our lawsuit, I'm, we have four, four attorneys. I'm like the fifth um, leg of the stool. And it's been, it's been a wonderful experience because I'm working hand in hand with them and you've got to drill down the statutes. You know, in this system, if you think about the system, the system itself, the reason it is illegal is because first they implement statutes that are illegal. The state constitution says the legislature shall make no ex post facto law. So if they make a law that takes away your rights, that law is illegal. And then they put layers of precedent, prior court cases, in play that implement these illegal statutes. So I'm going to drill down one, and then Dave, you can comment on it. And it's the statute that's called the Informed Consent Statute in Wisconsin. Those of you who want to look it up, it's 448.30. So you'd think, well, what's wrong with an informed consent statute? Well, the first thing is, is we don't need it. The informed consent statute is in scripture. God tells us, love your neighbor as yourself. So why do we need an informed consent statute? Well, the reason we need one is because it takes away our rights. So how does it do that? Well, the informed consent statute, when a doctor violates the informed consent statute, our recourse is to file a complaint with the medical examining board made up of 10 doctors and three lay people, and their decision is final. So the doctors cannot be held to account for their lack of informed consent. And then furthermore, you have precedent that shows that anytime there's a lack of informed consent, the prior court cases in Wisconsin put lack of informed consent as a medical malpractice claim. So now there's a limitation of liability, a statute of limitations. So there is literally a bubble around the medical community 
That's how corrupt this is, folks. Dave, your comment, please. Uh, absolutely corrupt. And, you know, my my dear friend, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, and I'm not dropping names, I, I asked Sherry, I said, Sherry, how can this be going on? And she said, Coach, the doctors are ignorant. And I said, what do you mean by that? She says, well, they don't do very much research on their own. They just take the order, orders or the edicts that come down from the medical board or the hospital board, very few of them, because they're so busy, do very little research on their own. So, that, you know, the, the government the government covers for them, right, Scott? No liability for a drug? No, They give you a drug that can kill you, and there's no liability? They, they give you remdesivir and don't tell you it could kill your daughter? They don't do that? And you're, you are the parent... You're the guardian of your child, and they give something to your child without letting you know. Scott, how could that? How could that possibly be legal? And by the way, I don't think Jesus would be for that either. Do you think so? I'm positive he would not be. Yeah. So that that's where we are. See, so we get we we get mixed up. Oh man, I need a month. There's a difference, my friends, between what is legal and what is lawful. Aborting a baby is legal. But it'll never be lawful, brother. It'll never be lawful. And giving a person some an injection that could kill them without them knowing it, that could be legal. But, brother, that'll never be lawful. And so we better understand the difference between legal and lawful, because legal is going to take us a place that none of us want to go. That's what the Patriot Act did to us. It's all legal now. They can spy on you, right? They can get into your records. It's all legal Ain't none of it lawful. Yeah, how they pulled this off in the medical industrial complex is the legal has now become standards of care, and the standards yeah. of care is how they they convince the medical community to blindly follow these rules that are in place. But they they cannot um, use the excuse of following orders. You know, Nuremberg one told us that, but I mean, it's it's. Simply, I don't know if you've heard of the uh, Milgram obedience experiment, but this is what people fall trapped to. They think that if we follow, if we follow orders, which becomes legal, then we're all good. No, God holds yep. us to a higher standard than that. You know, in Grace's case, Dave, she was not given remdesivir, which it's it's one of the reasons that opened up my eyes to the bigger agenda. This is not about COVID. Grace was given Presidex, lorazepam, and morphine, is which is what you do to euthanize somebody in their last wow. hour of life in hospice care. They did that, that in the twenty. Yeah, it's that not by, by accident. accident. And when it came time to revive her, the doctor had put an illegal do not resuscitate order on her chart, so none of the staff would come in and revive her. So this is why we're fighting, because it's way bigger than Grace's story at this point. It's to open up the eyes as to what is going on with these standards of care that are designed to hasten our death. Dave, we have one more minute. I want you to close out the show however you want. Uh, folks, listen. <clears throat> we have to be purveyors of truth. And we live in a society in the day, they talk about misinformation and all that kind of stuff. The reality of it is, there's a lot of people out there who do not want you to know the truth. That's why all the censoring is going on. That's why, you know, as I said, some of my friends are locked up, J6ers. Truth still not being exposed about what the government did and all that. And if we're going to be representatives of Christ, we better realize that in the book of Revelation, when it talks about all those who are going to end up in the lake of the fire, 
the, the verse is Revelation 21.8. It says, the fearful and unbelieving. They go first, Scott. The fearful and the unbelieving. And so it's our job to stand up in the face of fear and speak the truth to power. Dave, thanks for being my guest today. You've been fantastic, and I will see you in a couple weeks. Looking forward to it. God bless. Thanks. thanks. All right, what's coming up tomorrow? We have Megan Smith. And we are going to have quite an intense talk about standards of care relative to cancer. So I am very much looking forward to that. I think people's eyes will be opened relative to how we've been lied to about cancer and programmed to accept the doctor's cure for cancer. I've been uh, the staff has been praying about Megan Smith about this because this is going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of first on Stand Up for the Truth as we expose more and more. Uh, what is it? Uh, progressive Revelations. So, Scott Scherer, thanks. And remember, check it out on YouTube, Q90FM Radio, or on Rumble later on.